on this episode of the Things Above podcast, water for sale. That is racial tensions rise in San Francisco. Suicide is at an all-time high, but guess what group of people are killing themselves more than any other group? Hate is the theme of this episode, so we will take a biblical look at hate, and I will give a brief book review. This is the Things Above podcast. Another episode of the Things Above podcast. I am Brandon, pastor of Ramsey Baptist Church in Montrose, South Dakota. It was a pretty busy week for me last week. I did try to uh, get an episode uploaded last week, but it just wasn't happening for me. And today we had a we had a little bit of sunshine. Actually, a lot of sunshine today. It has been been a little rainy around here, which uh, the sunshine was a much needed break. Uh, The rain was needed, but the sunshine is a much needed break from the rain. Um, A couple things I want to say before we kind of get into our stories. Uh, uh, As I said in the last episode, I'm still figuring out this podcast thing. And uh, part of that is is, uh, trying to get the audio, uh, the cleanest sounding audio I can get. So we're still working on that. So actually the audio profile of this episode is different from last episode. Uh, so uh, we're still trying to work on it, still trying to provide, figure out a way to provide overall the best podcast that uh, I can possibly deliver to you all. So a few stories I want to cover today that uh, that has a grand theme. So uh, let's go over let's go over these two news stories and then we'll kind of get into the grand theme. The first story comes from San Francisco. I want to quote exactly from the news article. So note that the specific language used uh, is not my language. It's not my choice of words. Now to set it up, and maybe some of you heard about this story, a video went viral of a woman coming down on a child for selling water. Now the woman is receiving death threats. So here is the article reported by NBC News. Quote, the white woman who appeared to call police on an eight-year-old black girl selling water in San Francisco, said Monday that she has received an onslaught of hate mail and death threats since a video of the confrontation went viral, adding that her actions were never racially motivated, end quote. Now, do you, do you hear the choice of words used in that article? There's no denying that the woman who came down on the child is a white woman and that the child was a black uh, girl is a black girl. However, the media is excited to emphasize and report these kinds of things. The woman is now saying that uh, it was never really actually uh, racially motivated, but that the child was was yelling outside about uh, about what she was selling. She was yelling uh, water for sale or something like that, and she wanted the yelling to stop because she was actually working 
and uh, couldn't concentrate with so much yelling going on. And I guess that was the motivation behind it. But the media and their lack of responsibility reports it as if it was racially motivated. Now this woman is receiving death threats. I have not seen the video. I really don't care to. I do not know if this was actually racially motivated or not. I have a real hard time buying that there is some racist woman in the middle of San Francisco, one of the most liberal left-wing cities in the United States, and this woman just happens to be waiting for non-white children having fun so she can come in and ruin their day. That seems like a stretch to me. But maybe it was racially motivated. We will never know the intentions of this woman. The media assumed this woman's intentions. uh, And now this woman is receiving death threats. And that's pretty serious, pretty serious stuff. And I guess no one has to hold the media responsible. Another news report. Suicide rate is at an all-time high, but can you guys guess what people group it's highest in? No, it's not uh, homosexuals. No, it's not, uh, uh, it's not any, uh, any uh, racial thing. It's not a racial um, issue, and so it's no skin color, in other words, is what I'm saying. Uh, the, the suicide rate for farmers is shockingly high. Farmers. CBS News reported on this story, and it was based on the information from Centers, uh, Center for Disease Control and Prevention. Uh, quote, here's, a, here's from the article, quote, The suicide rate in the field of farming, fishing, and forestry is 84.5 per 100,000 people, more than five times that of the population as a whole. That's even as the nation overall has seen an increase in suicide rates over the last 30 years. End quote. Suicide is never easy news, especially if it's one of your own loved ones. There is something about suicide that just cuts a little deeper. Your heart drops and your mind races. The depression that follows after one commits suicide is intense. There are feelings of intense guilt where maybe there should be no guilt. What could I have done to prevent this? Was this my fault? At the risk of sounding ignorant and, unfortunately, a little cold-hearted, I have to say, suicide is a very selfish thing. But it keeps growing. And sadly, it's higher among farmers. This is a bit of a wake-up call to me as I minister to farmers in a farm community. I was told by one farmer that when you see a death in the paper and it's a farmer who... Uh, was relatively healthy, chances are it was suicide. He actually just told me that about uh, oh, about two months ago. The same farmer shared with me how depressing farming has been lately, and he is not the only one. This article I quoted also mentioned farmers had to have second jobs for health insurance or to make up funds, and that this is not the first time farmers have had hard times. Suicide was high for farmers in the 1980s also, and uh, and it just uh, just kind of it's a cycle that kind of repeats itself every time farming seasons get rough. The two reasons cited for the hard times farmers face today were changing climate and our current administration's trade deals. Uh, these things have made farming uh, really bad, really difficult. 
The current administration has been stated to me personally by one farmer as the reason things are hard. Climate change was not mentioned by this person. Though climate is always unpredictable, you never know what is going to happen in a season. Folks, I can give many other stories that capture the topic for today. There is no lack of hatred in our culture. I could have dug up for more, far more horrific stories and it would have, it would be an easy dig. Some stories out there are just heartbreaking. Some things captured on video will make your heart skip a beat. I could give all, I can give all those stories. I am not interested in it though. Not for today's episode, anyway. I think the two stories that I that I uh, just gave to you capture the topic, hatred. Let's begin with the first story. We have a woman who was, who, who confronted a child. We don't know if this was racially motivated in its original intent. This woman claimed it was not racially motivated at all. So if we are willing to take her at her word, then it sounds like frustration is the reason not hate again i have a hard time thinking it was racially motivated in one of the most literal parts of the usa the reaction by the media was to stir up racially motivated news as is the current trend right now for them which then generated much hate the amount of hate displayed towards this woman is uncalled for even if she was motivated by hate to threaten her life? Do people not have their own lives where they do not have to make death threats to anyone? Don't they have some responsibilities where death threats are just not on their mind? Something to keep them busy? I mean, how does a person like that ever watch the news? Oh, I wonder what's on the news tonight. Oh, look, there's, there's a woman. Oh, what is this woman doing? What's she doing? What's that news? Oh, you emphasize she's a white woman. Well, let me get prepared for racism because that is clearly what you are setting up to do. All right, news. What is this racist white woman up to? Oh, she's mad that a black girl is selling water. Wait, this white woman's racism, racism is coming down on a black child. I should kill her. Thank you, news, for making it clear that this is a story on racism. Now, I know I'm being silly, but isn't the desire to murder over a news story a bit silly? It is evil for sure, but silly, absolutely. This is hatred in the fullest form. It is ugly to see, and unfortunately, it is growing. But what about suicide? How does suicide fit in this? Well, it's self-hatred. Look, I get, I get it at times. That uh, times get tough and you struggle, and and for farmers, I'm sure that it almost feels like you are working your own grave. But money comes and goes, and maybe you don't know anything else but farming. But I, I am sure you can apply a lot from farming in a different work field. I mean, a lot of jobs out there are just looking for a hard worker, and farmers are hard workers. There are options for everyone who are on the brink of this kind of despair. What this boils down to is a form of self-hate that results in self-murder. Many would argue that my choice of words are insensitive. Please know 
that that is not my intention. I'm not trying to be insensitive, but I have to communicate the truth that suicide is self-murder. And there just has to it just has to be caused by self-hatred and an intense amount of it to get to that point. We have many texts about this kind of hatred, but let me combine uh, let me combine the two with one section of scripture that we should uh, never think so little of, and that's uh, Matthew five twenty one and verse twenty two. You have heard that the ancients were told, "You shall not you shall not commit murder, and whoever commits murder shall be liable to the court." But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be guilty before the court. And whoever says to his brother, you good for nothing, shall be guilty before the Supreme Court. And whoever says, you fool, shall be guilty enough to go into the fiery hell. So much is hate. Hatred makes you guilty of murder. This anger towards another makes you guilty of murder. Now I know a lot of Christians who play uh, uh, wordplay games. I, I don't hate, I dislike. It's okay to dislike. The heart does not play your wordplay game. Hate is hate regardless of what, uh, or what you call it or whatever you fool yourself into thinking. Every one of us has felt this emotion. Every one of us are murderers in thought. We have guilt, just like suicidal people have guilt. But Jesus came and answered for those sins. Yes, even the ones that are in our heads. And we pat ourselves on the back and say, good for me. I didn't act on these things today when I thought them. Well, you are guilty at the mere thought of it. Jesus took that guilty sentence for those of us who have placed our trust in him. So the truly guilty us are seen as truly righteous or seen as the son due to the faith we have farmers if you are depressed and thinking about ending your life there is help for you and there is hope for you and it is found at the foot of the cross repent for such evil thinking and find your purpose in jesus not what you cultivate. But this applies to everyone who may be thinking about taking their own life. There is no joy outside of Christ. It's all superficial apart from him. There is forgiveness at the cross. There is hope. But let's not end there to all of you who feel hatred over racism or have uh, have the, that, the hatred of racism. Jesus took those sins too. Don't confuse my words. It's it's okay to be mad at sinful things like racism, but plotting someone's death over it is too far. It is not noble. You are not doing a good thing by threatening that woman's life or any living person's life. Repent. Turn from your wicked, hateful ways and be drawn in by our triune God's amazing grace. That's all we can ever do. Well, folks, I always enjoy doing these. And one thing I will start doing monthly, starting with this episode, I'm going to start with book reviews. Charles Spurgeon wisely said, visit many good books, but live in the Bible. He is so right. And I want to share some of those good books I have visited. And maybe some bad books that were just so, well, bad. Maybe. We'll see. 
Uh, the first book is by Alistair Begg uh, with a forward by the departed Chuck Colson. It's called Pathway to Freedom, How God's Laws Guide Our Lives. First, I want to say I absolutely love Alistair Begg. I would listen to his sermons on my way from uh, home from work for almost seven years. I worked the graveyard shift in a manufacturing plant in Golden, Colorado, making ceramic arbor. Based on that information, you figure out where I worked, what company that was. <laughs> but anyway, his sermon would come on the radio, and I just loved it. He and a few others will always have a special place in my heart as they have been um, been ministering to me from afar. This book walks through the Ten Commandments and points out to the reader why the law is still vital to the life of the Christian and how it can be applied. That there are that there might raise some eyebrows. Look, just go and read it. It's good, and I have no regrets reading it whatsoever. Now, Alistair is not the first to teach on this, or uh, the first to come to the to, to the con- conclusions that he that he came up with. And uh, and and but he has a way of speaking to the modern mind. So instead of picking up a, a classic on the same subject, and there are plenty of classics on the same subject. Uh, and you're free to do that as well if you want to do that. But instead of that, you can pick this up and get a modern refresh course on the law and in the life of the Christian. It is definitely worth the read. Uh, I want to read a section to you from the first chapter. By the way, there is a nice prologue in where Alistair um, explains the law in relationship to the Christian, in relationship to justification, and in relationship to sanctification. But uh, I want to read... I want to read a little section to you guys real quick, uh, just a just a little part, because uh, it's good. It's really good. And I'm just going to read the the last paragraph of the of the close or the first chapter. It says, uh, "Christ loved the church and gave himself up gave himself up for her to make her holy." As, as his bride, the church is to keep herself from idols, to keep herself only unto him. There can be no toying on the part of the bride with the seductive suggestions of pluralism or with the blatant advances of secularism. This commandment demands our exclusive and zealous worship. As individuals, we must pay careful heed to the exhortation with, with which John ends his first letter. Dear children, keep yourselves from idols. 1 John 5.21 Such necessary vigilance demands that we are... Uh, self-controlled and alert for behind idolatry of every kind we will discover the deceitful scheming of the evil one in this endeavor we will be strengthened and renewed as we fix our eyes upon the lord for only he will release my feet from the snare psalm 25 verse 15 the dearest idol i have known whatever that idol be Help me to tear it from thy throne and worship only thee. It's a great book. And uh, um, that was actually two paragraphs of, of the first chapter, the last two paragraphs of the first chapter. Until next time, folks, set your minds on the things above.
purplepanet.com.